Welcome to the TESFE podcast with me, Sarah Simons, and our guest host, Tony Payne. Hiya, Tony. Hello, Sarah. Will you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do in the world of FE? My new job title, which is uh, New of August, is uh, Head of Student Experience here at Canterbury College. Canterbury College is merging with East Kent College to become the East Kent College Group. I oversee learner voice and extracurricular activities and have other bits and pieces for the five campuses uh, within East Kent. Right, well thanks ever so much for joining us for doing this. Let's have a whip through this week's magazine. If we start off with this first piece, which is by Will Martin, and it's about the new super unions focus on FE and how that sparks tension. So it's potentially about a turf war, not to over-dramatise or anything. Yeah. It's this merger between the NUT and the ATL into one big teaching union, the National Education Union, and how that might sit with UCU. What are your thoughts on that, Tony? Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, I'm a member of UCU, so I come with, with some sort of agenda. I'm the branch secretary here for Canterbury. I've been for a couple of years now. But I think that there's there's clearly probably some benefits in you know being able to speak with one voice rather than two voices. But my concern with um, all of these things that, that, that bring two groups together with maybe different agendas might cause some conflict and how that's going to be managed. I mean... It's clear that this is going to take some time and that people are thinking about it. And there are people within both NEU and UCU who think this is a good idea, but maybe not so much about, okay, what might be the potential uh, problems with this? Yeah. What do you think? I think we're all heading in the same direction. We all want the same thing. However, there's also that idea of monopolies, aren't there? What if, what yeah. if, there's, if a union that represents all areas of education has potentially less understanding of the specifics of what we do in FE. And as we know, FE is massive and represents all sorts of different things. I would be a little bit concerned on the one hand that what we do and its representation could get a little bit lost. But as you say, this is very, very early days and I'm sure there will be a, a path to work through these things. Yeah, I think I think you're right in that that you're almost going to get a union that's representing you know schools and universities. And already with UCU, there's kind of two streams in you know HE and FE, um, and sometimes it's very difficult for the FE voice to be heard through that. I mean, they do a really good job in terms of lobbying on various bits and pieces, but that split between HE and FE is sometimes I guess there's a bit of a tension there. And when we talk to you know the local branches here about similar issues, it's sometimes difficult to find common ground. And how that could expand even further when there's all areas of schools involved. Yeah, completely. Yeah. But potentially some really good positives because, you know, if we can think about the route from school to college to university and join that up a bit better by staff talking about it and driving policy, I think that could be really positive in the future. Brilliant. Okay, do let's move on. Now, it's World Skills, isn't it? It's happening at the moment, and Julia yeah. Belgotai is out there in Abu Dhabi, right in the middle of it, seeing what's going on. So this first piece is about a student called Jordan Charters, who's doing ever so well, and he's representing the UK over there in the competition. His specialism is painting and decorating. What do you reckon he charges an hour? I'm sure I couldn't afford him. <laughs> yeah, me neither. What do you reckon to this world skills business, Tony? Yeah, I went to uh, XO in 2012. I mean, I was blown away by the, the level of expertise and the detail that the students 
were, were demonstrating. You know, I sat and watched, you know, something I never think I watched was watching the beauty skills and just the, the accuracy with which I have to fold towels and arrange bottles just blew me away that, that it's that level of detail, that level of expertise. It's amazing. Yeah, this piece is talking about the amount of commitment and the amount of sacrifice that's involved in getting to the point of being so high up in the competition. They spent weekends away training with the whole squad, learning about everything from nutrition to team building. He's also spent one week each month away from his workplace training with his expert mentor. So it's not just being really good at it. It's often spoken of as being the skills Olympics, and it feels like there's that amount of commitment involved. It's a massive sacrifice, isn't it, to want to, to want to be you know that much of a craft person, you know that you have to give up you know all of your time really to really focus on it. It's unbelievable, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. This bloke Jordan is very, very, uh, very keen to win. He says, "I want the big one. I am going to win. No one is going to beat me. I haven't been giving myself ten or twelve hour days for the last year to come second. Which is lovely to hear kind of how ambitious he is. Staying on that subject on world skills, the next piece is by Neil Bentley, who is chief executive at World Skills UK, and he's talking about how the whole competition, the whole idea of it, is a brilliant shop window for, for what the UK does. When I, when I went in 2012 to XL, I was just blown away by the scale of it. You know, I never even really thought about it until a couple of years before that. And to go and look around and to take students around the event, it's just massive. You know, if you've never been, you should really try to get there the next time it's in the UK um, because it's just a huge event um, and such a, a positive way of showing what uh, young people can really do and really achieve. The 20 largest economies in the world are member of World Skills. And as well as the competitions, there's government representatives from all member countries in attendance. So it's kind of a showcase on a number of different levels, isn't it? You know, I've seen today, especially people tweeting about it and sharing pictures. And the more I think we can do as a sector to get out that message and show people what's going on, is it can only be positive for us working in the skills sector. You know, we've got a couple of students here who are involved with World Skills that have done on done fantastically well both in the UK and, and moving forward, and have improved, you know, not only their skills, but their self-confidence has just gone through the roof. It's, it's just transformed them. And do you think this is a good way within colleges of involving involving people who've done really, really well within that same college to come back and talk to people who are in the process that they were going through, to be able to show them, not just to the, you know, high-level competitors, but to learners who are just starting, going, this is what you can do, look what you can achieve. You did some stuff about skills uh, competitions a while back, I remember, um, and that really sort of lit a fire under me in, in what we could do here at Canterbury. Um, and we're very good in the, the within the curriculum. All the students have five hours of skills competitions uh, within their study programme to kind of get them to focus. Yeah. Um, but also this idea that, that having those people, those, those really skilled people, to come back and say, look, I did level two or level three, and now look where I am. That is achievable for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I didn't really get skills competitions for ages and then it kind of suddenly clicked for ages i had the idea that these skills competitions were some sort of like it's a knockout situation that was giving people a cuddle and a pat on the head and a badge and then once yeah. i really looked into them that it's about team building it's about ambition it's about setting up like a, a competitive spirit in the most positive way within all levels of colleges and with all, all levels of the curriculum that I thought hang on there's so much value to it so if you don't know what skills competitions are, if you've not really looked into them and you were thinking like I was before I became enlightened, have a poke around the internet and have a route round what they can be 
and I feel like you'll get on board. Do you, Tony? Yeah, completely. I mean, look look at what's popular in the media. You know, you've got Bake Off and Strictly um, and X Factor. They're skills competitions, aren't they? Yeah. And yeah. you know, they're clearly popular. And, and kind of getting students to believe they can do something that isn't just about, you know, an exam or an assignment, but something that's real can really motivate them and change their aspirations. Definitely. Right, let's move on. Uh, oh, it's Tom Starkey's column. Isn't he brilliant? <laughs> <laughs> this week he is on about how students having relationships with each other can be ever so disruptive when you try to teach. Yeah, I mean, we've had we've had the odd drama, but also, you know, some real positives. And, and it's so heartwarming when you get, you know, students come through and then you see four or five late, years later that they're married and, uh, you know, they're happily ever after. And um, Tom's article is very much that, you know, there's, there's many more bad ones than there are good ones. Um, so maybe I've just been lucky. I think from Tom's perspective, when you see it all playing out with two members of your of the class, of the same group, yeah. how it may well end up as a happily ever after book, there's quite a few bumps along the way which may detract from the learning you're trying to make happen, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> I've experienced yeah. this a couple of times, not that often because um, I tend to have very specific groups, but sometimes if there's you know a romance happening and everybody's talking about it, all the students are talking about it, and then that romance ends, usually yeah. a student then kind of disappears from the group or becomes less present shall we say yeah same here at Canterbury we've had you know a couple of times where where students have, have, have got together and things have been very positive but then uh things have split up and it's affected the group for the whole year and you just kind of have to get your head down and get through it a little bit don't you yeah yeah Tom says an example from recent times two sports studies students in the same class both high achievers on track to go onto their chosen profession love happens then stops fallout from their breakup means they can no longer be in the same room together eventually both either leave or change course right let's move on to the next one we have dan williams dan is a lecturer in post-14 education and training at the university of derby Um, and he's on about memory and about activities to help help students take in the information and retain it dan writes very eloquently about this and has got some really good thoughts on it I think, you know, there's two examples around the activating of prior knowledge and the, the work examples. I think they're, they're, they're sort of obvious, but you sort of need to have them re, reaffirmed to kind of think, oh, yeah, that's that's the right way to do things. You know, I've been working with my son a lot who's diagnosed with dyslexic and he's just been doing this stuff about Thinkerlink um, and how you have to link ideas to actual real things to be able to, to learn. And it's really working for him. So I think Dan's got a lot of really positive stuff to say here. Is that similar to this first stuff that Dan was on about ac- activating prior knowledge? So, yeah, remembering not just in in one kind of format what's happened before, but maybe using visual images, using metaphors and similes, and all that kind of thing. He says, for example, when teaching about photosynthesis, the teacher might begin with the analogy that carbon dioxide to plants is like oxygen to humans. This helps learners to identify the importance of carbon dioxide in the process of photosynthesis. And you see, as soon as he says that, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, that, all that sort of stuff is, is, is really good, I think, because um, this kind of academic type of study is maybe not going to work for all of them. And so finding other ways uh, for them to hold on to knowledge and to kind of really activate their memory and get them to retain stuff, especially with more and more having to take exams, it's got to be the right way, hasn't it? And I mean, that's usually one of the big criticisms of exam based rather than ongoing coursework, isn't it? That it's a memory test rather than 
checking that learning is, is ongoing. Right, let's yeah. um, move on to Ferret. Ferret is on about apprentices. Yeah, I like the idea here that uh, FE is kind of like the hipsters of uh, the education world in that you know, people are kind of slowly coming on board and it being cool and that uh, the government even now are really talking about it in, in really serious ways. Yeah, but we've been there all along. We know what it is. You know, they're all newcomers. If nothing else, Sarah, you're an original hipster. That's definitely true. <laughs> First time ever being called that. Not only did the sector get a prominent shout-out in Education Secretary Justine Greening's Conservative Party conference speech, it also got a mention from the PM, who croaked about the exciting new technology institutes. So, do you think it's happening, Tony? Do you think it's finally happening that people know who we are? Yeah, more than ever so, I think. Yeah, Having been in the sector for 10 or 11 years now, you know, more and more people are talking about apprenticeship, more and more people are talking about FE. You know, certainly with Brexit skills is you know, one of the number one things that people talk about. It's such a concern for people. But it does seem that there's a little bit of concern about these uh, you know, degree-level apprenticeships, which I'm still not, still haven't really made my mind up about, to be honest. So what are your thoughts either way on these? There's clearly evidence here that what's going on is maybe that people are using degree-level apprenticeships just to get pe- you know, people who have got money through an MBA or something similar as an apprenticeship. And actually, that's, I don't think that's really what the policy is there to, to really do, is it? And you know, clearly, there are lots of people who may be three years at university um, to get a degree and end up with, with some debt with potentially you know, higher earnings as we go through. might be the right path for them. For lots of other people, maybe it isn't. Uh, within our college, we get lots of people coming in to do higher education who have maybe done two or three years um, in the workplace and have decided that the degree is the thing that they need for the next step and want to do that in a way that fits for them. And I think lots of FE places, FE providers find a way for them to be able to do that. The idea that also we could have degree apprenticeships maybe is really positive. There are lots of really big universities that think about this in the same way. Right, Tony, thanks ever so much for joining us. I really appreciate your input on this. It's really interesting to hear your views on the week's FE. No problem, Sarah. I don't know if it's worth maybe just reminding people that the uh, TSFE Award nominations close fairly soon, so uh, get thinking about getting your entries in. Oh, thank you. I probably should have said that as well, shouldn't I? Well done. <laughs> I just was flicking through the pages and I thought, oh, hang on, we should say that maybe. Right, well, this has been the TESFE podcast with Mr Tony Payne and me, Sarah Simons. Join us again soon for all the FE news and views. Thanks for listening.